somebody. And what I meant by that, I didn't finish my thought because I got on. Uh, the thing of it is, you could go to prison after killing somebody and come out and have a great ministry. Uh, the, men, the denomination churches would have you in. Well, if you get a divorce, even before you're a Christian, denominations won't forgive you. They won't let you preach. They won't let you do anything because people categorize sin. They kind of, uh, what, do, what do they call that? Uh, can, can I say something? Sure, why not? Remember, remember <clears throat> you taught me about apostasy. Yeah. There's two things of divorce in there. And one is going against your faith. Are we going, are we going oh. to go into divorce? I'm, because oh. I, then I'll talk about stuff that these people will just go blind about. Okay, we don't have to then. No, we will, absolutely. I'm not afraid to talk what I believe because 90% of the church is wrong in believing. Yeah, I'll explain it. Hallelujah. The first thing we always say, Jesus said you can't get a divorce except for the cause of fornication. Is that really what the Bible says? No, absolutely not. Jesus said in the beginning, it was not considered that a man could ever get a divorce except for the cause of fornication. In the beginning, he speaks clear back to the Garden of Eden. Where is the beginning? Thank you. All right. So that blew half of your theology. The other half is this. Jesus says, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses gave you a writing of divorcement. What does that mean? That means that when there is a hardness of heart, there is a separation of covenant. Right. And so we would have to ask ourselves, yeah, but hardness of heart is not a reason for divorce today. Then we're free of the law. Are we not subject to the law? Oh, no, we're not under the law. Beg your pardon. The Bible says the law was added because of transgression. And the acts of a hardened heart are the acts of transgression. And when men follow through with that, it's sinful. So do men still have hardened hearts today? Sure. Yes. Yep, sure. absolutely. What is a hardened heart? You remember Sunday morning when I said that there are four major ways that a man can commit fornication. First one was the most common sexual relationships. The next is Jesus said, if you look upon a man to lust. The third was that if you uh, thought in your heart, so thoughts, meditating on another woman or thinking about a past relationship or trying to recapture, which can be done, the euphoria of a past relationship uh, is also, and then you could commit fornication by idol worship. Remember where Jeremiah said they have committed fornication with stones? Well, that's kind of weird, but uh, those are four ways of committing fornication. What is the fornication that comes up out of the inner heart of man? For in the heart, or out of the heart of man proceedeth, what? Fornications, adulteries, 
and so forth. What are those? Those are not only thinking about other people, but when you break covenant with someone, ultimately you will begin to go contrary to Scripture and you will ultimately, in your heart, in your mind, with your eyes, some way, shape, or form, begin to think of, begin to look at, begin to meditate on, begin to think of another individual. And the Bible says, talks about the hardness of a heart, is that if you find one unclean thing, only takes one thing to destroy a perfectly good marriage. If you focus on one fault that your spouse has in them, and most of your wives and most husbands wouldn't have to look very far. We all just all filled with them. And uh, you say, oh, no, no, that's true. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jesus said, how can you look at one speck in one guy's eye and you have a whole log jam in your own? So in other words, before you even judge anybody, Jesus said, you got a whole mess in your life. So there's a whole lot of specks in everybody's life. So you think that a man or a woman gets one thought just one and it's not pulled down pretty soon it begins to build begins to fester begins to corrupt what does corruption do corruption does not shrink corruption expands if you don't look believe me look at a decaying carcass anything that is corrupting begins to expand and so it becomes bigger than what it is and pretty soon there it is a high place there it is something exalted now it started out innocently now they always had that fault they always had things going on in their life but because of your love you never saw it so when your love starts dying because of your neglect yeah but if she did this or she did that no no you took her and you received her as your spouse therefore you received the commission to love her as Christ loved the church. Not an option. Just quit that kind of stuff. It, it's not an option. If you're married, you better love your wife as Christ loved the church or you're disobeying a commandment. And that's sin. So, but that little thought gets started and they just incubated, incubated, incubated. So before long, the man sees that she's useless. Yet she was the pride of his life. So you can see how perverted that the devil can take something that God has ordained and make evil. And so our divorces today, rightfully so, no, no divorce should be accepted in the body of Christ. The only to the extreme is that our man or woman would blatantly cross the line and commit the act of fornication. But most of the time, divorces are not because of fornication. Most of the time, divorces are because of hardnesses of heart. Amen. Yeah, yep. hardness of heart. Yeah. Can't forgive the other one. Hardness of heart. You could forgive somebody, but really hardness of heart has nothing to do with not forgiving anybody. You don't think? No. No. Because the hardness of heart, according to Scripture, Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4, says 
if he finds some uncleanness. Didn't say that she's wronged him or done something wrong. It's a fault. Okay. And we just continually look at that fault. There may be an offense in that fault. There may not be. It's not even required. It means that you find some unclean thing. Now, everything in life can be wonderful, except that one thing. But a little leaven leavens the whole lump. You're absolutely right. That's why we have to pull down thoughts and everything that exalteth itself against the Christ-like nature, Christ himself lording over us in our life. So if you end up having a little thing that is a difference between you and your wife, you will ultimately, because you did not respond in love, and because you didn't pull it down, and love covers a multitude of sins, and she's been carrying, burying yours, and you've been burying hers, but this little one thing has slipped up. Well, then what happens is, because you never pulled it down, dealt with it, brought it into submission to the Christ-like nature and the Lordship of Christ in your life, now that thing which you have been overcome with will dominate you and rule you. It'll rule the measure of love that you express towards your spouse. So then after that, guess what? Things just go awry because you haven't used love to do what love has been designed to do. You have allowed something to be set in motion that's not love. Now guess what happens? Everything produced after its own kind. That one act of laziness, that one act of bitterness, that one act of uh, uh, neglecting, that one act of not letting Jesus be Lord, that one act of not having the Lordship of Christ dominate you, now begins to perpetuate. Now it becomes act two, act three, act four, act five. Pretty soon, all these little seeds of rebellion now manifest themselves in open rebellion. You're getting a divorce. We have nothing in common. I'm not in love with my wife. I'm not in love with my husband. Whose fault is that? It ain't God's. You say, well, well, it's the devil. It ain't the devil. The devil started the seed process. You're the one that gave birth to it, and you're the one that's breathed on it. You know, blame the devil for what he does, but, you know, don't, don't throw on him all your cheap shenanigans. Should never have told you she would. Shouldn't have gotten that. Most divorces are carried out by hardness of heart. Now you would say, but Moses justified that. He did justify it. But Jesus unjustified it when he said only for the cause of this. In other words, you can overcome the hardness of heart far easier than you can overcome fornication. But if you are so bent on yourself and so bent on not living in love, so bent in meditating and, and uh, just incubating a small, minute, unclean thing, then you are setting in motion something that's going to destroy your life and the lives of others, and you'll be judged for it. Well, what if I repent? Well, if you repent because you did it ignorantly, there's repentance. If you do it with, uh, when you've done it on purpose, that's a far-reaching repentance because worldly sorrow 
doesn't bring repentance or true repentance, but only godly sorrow does. So what you're going to have to do is seek God. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to fast and ask God to convict you of your sin. You say, well, I'll just say, well, you know, God, you said, well, I, I understand that. But, you know, folks, cheap repentance is really not for sale in the kingdom. You think it is. You think, well, if I just repent of my sins and, and, you know, God will forgive me. Well, if there is godly sorrow behind it, he does. But if there's just carnality or you're sorry that you got caught or, well, I knew I was going to do it, but I could repent. No, you're, you're reaching far to think that God's going to keep forgiving you for that kind of stuff. I told you. We shouldn't have got into this. I thought you were going to talk about, you know, there's two kinds of divorces. I mean, the ones that says he's... Oh, you're, you're wanting me to go back to Matthew where Jesus said, in the beginning it was not so, because he that puts away his wife causes her to commit fornication. Adultery. Right, or adultery. Yes, and that's what I then to he that marries her commits adultery. But see, that's not what the law said. The law said in Deuteronomy 24, when a man puts away his wife, even because of the heart of his heart, she is free to go and marry another. So did Jesus break all of the law? No, absolutely no. not. When a woman is put away, then she's put away. She is as dead to her husband as she is to the law. 1 Corinthians 7th chapter. So if a man divorces a woman because he wants to have another wife or he's been having a, an affair or he just got hardness in his heart and refused to live in love, if he puts her away, you mean to tell me that God would penalize her? No. Well, Ezekiel said God would not bring the sins of the father upon the sons. Why, absolutely not. And then God said I would not take the sins of a household and put them upon their children. Right. So that, that's just crazy. But sometimes we fall into crazy religion stuff. And, but the Bible does say if he puts her away and he causes her to commit adultery. Now, does anybody that's why know? Think, that's why people think, you know, that you can't preach, you can't teach or whatever because <coughs> they've put you away so you, you've committed adultery. But it's called a right. right. But... If God said that one was, would be allowed to marry again, then God would be saying, when you marry again, you will be stoned because the law of committing fornication was what? Was what? Stoning. So Jesus says, if a man puts away his wife, she commits adultery, and whosoever marries her commits adultery. So then he says, at the day of the wedding, they shall both be stoned. Yeah, yeah. Dream has a question, so we'll, are you Let me finish it. Thought? Thought. Okay. Now, the word apostasy in Matthew, the 19th yes, chapter, the word adultery in that passage of Scripture does not mean that she commits sexual sin. It does not mean that she commits idolatry. What it means is the word uh, idolatry means apostasy. The word apostasy means to go contrary to the faith. It is the same type of adultery or fornication that is used in idol worship. In other words, they go contrary to the law. 
Instead of worshiping God, they worship stones and yeah. gold and wood and so forth. But when Jesus says, he that puts away his wife, he causes her to go contrary to her faith. To the word, yep. Right. Yep. And then it says, and whosoever marries her goes contrary to God's law. In that, that's not how it was designed in the beginning. Right. Not in the law, but in the beginning, before the law. Now, does that help explain? Well, I don't know. Three so nine. if a man marries a woman that's divorced, he's not con uh, committing adultery. A adultery or fornication or, or anything yeah. that's as guilty or measures up with uh, a death sentence. What right. he's doing is he's marrying somebody that the faith that God has framed to serve him and to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he has to go contrary to it. But God has authorized him yes. to. Deuteronomy 24, 1 through 4, and Jesus even said, if he marries her, he commits adultery. But he never said he would be stoned. No. So it's two different adulteries. It's, right? it's two different it's two adultery. Different. Both of those words of adultery in one that... One you're stoned and, and one it called... Apostasy. Apostasy. Going contrary, contrary to, to one's your faith. faith. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what I wanted you to explain. Now can I let Dreamer... Sure. Yep. Back in Moses' day and the beginning, they had several wives. I mean, could we don't? Well, thank God we don't do that. But um, well, I mean, the, if they put one away, so what? They had like five more. You know, maybe they were fighting. And he's like, well, You're even wrong. a wife that Get was divorced, even a wife that was divorced, could go back with agreement and become a part of the concubine. But she could not have the rights of a wife. Wow. So that's why, why Peter says, don't let it be the adorning because many times women could sense, I'm losing favor in that guy's eyes. So she'd start packing goods in her hair, gold and silver and all that. So if she got dumped, <laughs> guess what? She could be a concubine with substance. And uh, they did have more than one wife. And the reason why was because the law never said not to. That was instituted in the new covenant where a man should be the wife, the, a man should have one wife. And so it really, in the old covenant, there was nothing that made it sinful uh, because Solomon had, oh Lord, demon, he, that guy was stupid. It, it, he might have been wise until he got about five of them, and I would have thought, oh, this guy's headed for the crazy house. Hallelujah. So, you know, there just what God didn't say in the beginning. He just said that he leaves mother and father and shall cleave to his wife. So some guys just cleave to a whole bunch of them. So it, it was the Quentin philosophy. Oh, yes. You know, yes. Quentin's philosophy is this. I was telling him about divorce, and he said, well, you can't do it for except for fornication. He said, right, Papa, right, absolutely. But he was about five years and, old. Uh, and then he said, but, he said, that means you can divorce them if they get ugly. I said, <laughs> where, I said where is that? He said, well, it, it's in the Bible. I know it is. 
I said, son, you might want to be in the Bible, but it ain't in the Bible. You better look at mama before you marry sissy. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Okay, fellas. Thinking about that scripture in Ecclesiastes, it says it's a time to kill. Does that mean war? No, there, there is a time, not overall, of killing of mankind, but there is a time to harvest life in, out of cows and sheep and so forth, and a time not to. But it didn't have to do with there was a time to rise up and kill the people, you know. I don't guess that time should come. <laughs> no, no. But there, it, it could be insinuation also, Ella, that... Uh, there is a time to defend your house. There is a time to defend your land. You know, I used to remember when people were so spiritual, and hopefully no, nobody here is that spiritual. They used to say, well, if somebody broke into your house and was raping your wife, uh, what would you do? I'd pray for him. <laughs> no, I would question him. Are you headed for heaven or hell? Where Whichever one, you're about to enter it. Anybody that would get on the ground and pray for a man raping his wife would be an idiot. Jesus told the disciples this, don't take a sword while I'm here, but when I'm leaving, take yourself a sword. People have to defend our homes. Not that I would ever want to take a human life, but if it's going to be my child's life or an innocent life or Phyllis's life, I he'd, might go get chicken before I came back. you make me shoot him. But no. Uh, look, we're not stupid people. I mean, my word, when people invaded Israel, God rose up and caused Israel to go to war. I mean, even some of God's angels. He, you know, he sent an angel into a camp one time. He killed 85,000 guys in one night. And he might have took a break in between then. I don't know. But, you know, God does not expect us to be stupid. Amen? Amen? And so he wants us, we have to protect our homes. Oh, I just don't believe that. Well, why you got a lock on? Ah, uh, there you go. Yep, hypocrisy. You lock your car. Well, I don't want nobody stealing. Well, believe God, the angels will watch over it. Well, I did, but they got broke in one time. Lack of faith. You know, don't, don't you remember the days when well, we're charismatic, crazy, going, why you got insurance? You're expecting to have an accident? I say, no, but I saw you drive, stupid. Yeah, I am getting insurance. So, so you know, those kinds of stupid, and it used to even be in health insurance. Oh, you got health insurance, you're expecting to get sick? I said, if I stay around you very long, it won't take long. I'll no, but people just, you know, they, they don't use wisdom. Hallelujah. God even told men, you know, you want to learn about life and savings, go to the end. He'll show you how to do it a little at a time. Put it back, put it back, put it back. So eventually you have enough to sustain you and you can expand your borders with that which you have. But, you know, Christians just, you know, we have a lot of false thinking about. We think faith is hitting the lottery. We think sowing a seed. Hallelujah, my house is paid off. Sow a seed. Whoa, hallelujah, my car is paid off. Sow the seed. Whoa, I got the lottery. I got a million dollars. No. Remember the kingdom as if a man plants a seed and it grows little by little by little by little. Then you harvest it and you become a steward over that and you re-sow and you keep being a harvest and you keep being a steward and you keep harvesting and you keep being a steward. It is a progressive life. 
Jesus said, I come that you might have life and it more abundantly. Think of the words that he used, that you might have life. Anybody know what life is? A progressive action to an appointed end. Did anybody hear me? I come that you might have life and it abundantly. In other words, I've come that you may progressively increase until the appointed end. Abundant life is not, hallelujah, I hit the lottery, shout Jesus. No, it's not. You give a fool money, he'll just be a fool that ends up in debt. You have to have wisdom. You've got to prove yourself faithful every time or God won't give you anything that you'll damage or destroy your own life with. All right, yes, Daniel. If somebody gets in a drunk driving accident as a sinner and they're, they're not saved and okay. they suffer a debilitating injury, then at a later point they get saved, do they still have to, can they be healed now that they're saved or since they committed a sin and it caused them to get that injury, are they stuck with it? Well, they probably could be saved, I mean, touched or healed even if they weren't saved. It's according to what, what transpires. Uh, you know, he might have a praying mother. We don't know. Uh, you know, I remember my sister, uh, Heather. She uh, was headed down the road. Wasn't she going southbound? And she crossed over? Huh? Oh, Lisa, yeah, Lisa. She was going southbound. She was drunk, crossed over hit oncoming traffic head on. And uh, I don't, what did she do to the other car? Not too much. Ripped both of her kneecaps off, ripped her lips off of her face, and uh, put her, uh, they took her to the emergency room, and uh, my mother walked in there and she said, God, now look, you said you would bless the seed of the righteous. Her dying and going to hell is not a blessing. Now, I love you, God. Do what you said you would do. Well, they put Lisa in a wheelchair. They said she, she wouldn't walk. And uh, God healed her knees. She was in that wheelchair for how long? About six months. She got up, walked. They said she'd never have children. She's had, she has a child. Her name is Sarah. Sarah, and her lips look pretty good. She got married, hallelujah. And there's plenty of guys wanting to kiss them. So... You know, uh, you know, and she was a sinner. But her mother was not. So sometimes we don't all know that, Daniel, but they could be healed certainly after they got saved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Because God wouldn't forgive a man's sin. He says this, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Now this is for the believer, but we know that it extends to the uh, firstborn, the one that comes out of sin and gets saved, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So he cleanses us from all of the things that we've done and guilty for. Hallelujah. Okay, now we've messed else? up their theology there. Oh, Phil. way back there. Didn't know life was so complicated about divorce and all that. Did Almost you? couldn't see your hand. It's not complicated. Just live for Jesus. <laughs> yes, in Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the spirits, what is meant by long-suffering? 
Wait, what is it? And the fruits of the Spirit, long-suffering. Oh, the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering, endurance. That's Caring it. and bearing somebody's shortcoming, their wrongs, their failures, and they progressively just continue to do that because the Bible says that God is long-suffering. So he bears, and, and along with sinful man, the longest extent that God ever bore with man was from the time of the garden to the time that Jesus came. God was long-suffering until grace was given and established to be received through faith. Now, that was uh, about 4,879 4, years from the time that uh, Adam sinned to the time that Jesus came. It's approximately 4,800 4, or 900 years. But the, uh, that long-suffering simply means, Bob, that they, he would continually give people fresh starts, fresh starts, fresh starts, fresh starts. That's why we are to pull those things down. That's why the hardness of heart should never be in a Christian. Never be in a Christian. We could understand it being under the law because the law was weak through the flesh. But we are not weak through the flesh. We are strong through the spirit. So we should never ever come into the place that we let little things get into us. But let's notice this too about when a man gets a bad thought of, in his wife or a wife gets a bad thought about her husband, uh, you know, uh, never mind. I'm not even thinking that, Jesus. I'm not doing that. All right, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but uh, you, you, uh, the old man and the new man, I'm telling you, it's a horrible thing to wrestle with. So, uh, but you would think that nobody would have an evil thought of anybody that they were in covenant with. And we are in a covenant family. That's why love says, love thinketh, thinketh the best or believes the best. For a Christian to ever think ill about somebody is just crazy. Now, I just did get this newsflash today. Uh, there is a letter that, that is circulating uh, around our church. I don't think it's in our church, but it's outside the church going through the body of Christ. That in order to be a member of Only Believe Ministers Christian Center, you have to pay $500. Now, 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 that is a lie. It's up to a thousand, Be, because, yeah, five. I think that's on the list that we really sacrifice animals. I, I, are you, you know, if you are on live stream or any place else, please seek mental help. Now, what's going to happen to whoever started circulating that lie? He that maketh lies damned. But I do pray for you, and I ask that, that you get a hold of yourself and repent of that. I really do. I pray that that will happen to you. I mean, I've had a lot of things done to me and said about me, but that has got to be one of the dingiest ones. Please seek God before you do something stupid. Maybe you'll get an insightful plan. Hallelujah. But that does tell you how afraid people are of you. And uh, so, look, it's just people are people. Amen. 
uh, saved or sinner. They, they, they still have flaws. Amen. Uh, and so I don't know what his axe is that he wants to grind, but it'll come back and cut you. Hallelujah. A question about the hardness of heart. Yes. Okay. What if someone continually, the husband or the wife, continually does something to you over and over and over again, and then these people get a hardness of heart because they, they go talk to them, but nothing ever changes. So well, what, how do you deal with that? So you're trying to tell me now that the love that should cover a multitude of sins ultimately runs out and the man or woman should be punished. No, but, okay. so but, what are but you trying to people tell are human. People are human, honey. Oh, yeah, 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 wait, wait a second. Let's us stop right here. Okay. Christians are not humans. <laughs> they are peculiar people. They're born again. They are a new creature. It's Christ in them. And old things have passed away, and behold, all things are new. So now really what you're telling me is, what if a person can't get beyond their old man? There you go. Then they have to crucify has nothing to do with how much wrong they suffer. Intentionally or unintentionally. It does not matter. If that was not true, then Jesus could say, love your enemy for the first 30 days. After that, kill him. <laughs> no, Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to them that persecute you. So... Forgive your brother. What, what if he sins to me? Seven times 70. Every two and a half minutes, you forgive him. Every man has a potential, every woman has a potential to sin every two and a half minutes based on the 16 hour a day being awake. You didn't know you were that flaw, filled with flaws, did you? Every two and a half minutes, God's saying, yip, yip, yip. yep, right. So we cannot say, but God, they've wronged me. 15 times, I won't kill them. No. Absolutely not. No, you can't do it. You cannot because hardness of heart does this. got a question somewhere. It's very dangerous. Somebody's oh, crying okay. out. This hardness of heart leads to bitterness, and bitterness leads to a root of bitterness leads to faithlessness in God. Hmm? Do, do you see? It's, look, this is the work of the devil, and he's trying to appease your old man. Because your new man says, no, I forgive him. No, I forgive him. No, cover it with love. Cover it with love. So all that time I was kissing Phyllis in her ear and she said, I hate that. She should have said, I'm bearing long. I'm suffering long. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I was no, she suffering. just had to break my, uh, what are you, that Casanova image. All right, Phyllis, what? I'm trying to talk. I'm just kidding, Pastor. Um, so if someone is abusive, they're, they have a, a abusive personality. They're either saying horrible things or whatever. You can love them long distance. Like they come in here and they say, you know, my husband tells me he hates me every day and I'm ugly and I'm terrible. And the person keeps loving them. And, and this person is just, whether they're, you know, they're sick or they're hurt or why or they're wounded. This other so then you say, you have to protect yourself, which I know love isn't, self-protecting but you say you go over here and still okay, love I'll, them i'll jump to what you're trying to get at i think thank you pastor look number one no marriage and jesus would not condone it and neither 
do I? There are, there are more than just fornicational reasons for divorce. One is if I was living in a house and this happened to a lady in Kenton and her daughter, her mother attends church here, she ended up being in prison in uh, those that are on death row and she was on my sister's block. My sister's on death row and uh, uh, yeah, she just went crazy. I'll just say that. And uh, anyway, uh, she got through in there. She was not taking drugs, but a person that was in her car was taking drugs. She got apprehended and sent to prison. Not because she was doing drugs, she was clean, but the person in the car was carrying drugs. Isn't that right, fellas? And uh, her mother attends our church and told the story how she was crying and, and uh, you know, a uh, man just feeling... She would, Mom, I'm, I'm afraid they put me on death row. These people kill people. And I don't have any hair stuff. I don't have any toothbrush. I don't have anything. My sister is woken up by God, and she comes out the next morning, and she goes over there to that girl and says, Hey, God's had me up all night. She said, My brothers must be praying for me. She said, uh, God must want me to do something for you, and God told me to buy you all the stuff that you uh, need in here, and I'm going to protect you. You're going to be okay. And her mother prayed that. And then the girl did her time and she got out. But if a spouse is using drugs and bringing them into your house, do I think it's right that your life is endangered and your children be thrown into the judicial system or the foster care system? Do you know what happens to most kids in foster care? They are abused sexually, mentally, physically. They are abused. They are used for money exchange only. And you read some of them horrific stories, like the family just got caught in California, had 14 or 13 kids or 12 kids. They were believing to get 13 so they could have a reality show. They had them all locked up and chained up. And now, would I condone a wife and kids to be in the house with somebody that was willingly jeopardizing their freedom? No, I do not believe that Jesus would. Do I believe that Jesus would con condemn a woman to a lifetime of physical abuse? Now, who, who do you think Jesus is? You think he would do that? Well, I know he beat you, but you know what? You, you just can't break the covenant of God except he commits fornication. If I was her, I'd be hiring prostitutes to come to the house every night and take pictures of you. Are you kidding me? Do you really think that God, God would want you beat up and vice versa? I've known men that were beat by their wives. Well, he should, should have stood up. <laughs> I understand. So should have he, she. But people don't. Do you think that Jesus would say, I want you to go home and be beat? Come on, legalistic, tell me. Do, would you send that woman back in there when domestic violence is one of the number one killers in America? Which one of you would send a woman or children 
that are beat back into that household. Well, that is not the Christ nature. That's not the Jesus I know. So I would say that's justified divorce. A, a man that gets drunk and spends all their money and their kids are going hungry and so forth, the Bible says he that does not care for his own household is worse than an infidel. Now, would God want you to live in a situation where your children are going hungry? I'll give you an example. Charlie, uh, how much milk did uh, our mother uh, raise our brothers and sisters on? Milk? No, no, I said, how much milk did we get? When, even when they were first born. So how, what was it? I don't know. When, when they were like eight, nine, they were, it was all sugar water, wasn't it? Sugar water. And if you wanted to have cereal, we had puffs in these big bags and you put water on it. Where was your dad? He was out gambling. He was out doing what he did, chase women and gambling. He never drank that I know of, maybe one time to a shot or something like that but he just he was just addicted to gambling and my mother would say i need milk uh for the kids he'd say well pray get your god to bring you some then he'd leave that's just the way that it was i, I mean i know oh it's sorry about that so you know do i think that god would want a woman to stay there while her children were going hungry no why didn't your mom live Leave because when 40 or 50 years ago, there was no place for a woman to leave her husband. Didn't matter if she was beat. Didn't matter if the kids were going hungry. Didn't matter anything. There was no place for her to go. And none of the, none of the family would take them. Who in the world would take in 12, 13, 14 kids? Are you kidding? They don't, they're closing their door and pretend like they ain't home. They're like, what well, we're doing when the electric man comes to shut off the meter. Thank God for indoor meters. And uh, then, what about verbal abuse and all that kind of stuff? Well, that is a tough call. I don't think that I would justify a woman uh, divorcing a man because she, he's ranting and raving, call, calling her names. If he starts doing that to children, that's a different thing. They're... I think women could probably sustain under that better. Not that I think it's right, it's wrong. But uh, ultimately, you know, I think that probably Phyllis's aunt, what was her name? Cass? Cass. Cass. I think she had the best thing to do with guys that speak down to their wives. Her husband went out on her once. So she put a big blanket on the top of the bed and yeah, he was drunk, so she led him to bed and let him lay down and take a nap. When he was taking a nap, she covered him up and then sewed it together and beat him with a ball bat. The next time that he saw Cass, because she told him, if you ever do that again, I'm going to set you on fire. Every time he would see her coming, he would run to the other side of the road and take off running. Yeah, they got divorced. 
And uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think for people that talk down to their wives, I think you should have a cast experience. That's why I never talk down to Phyllis. You say, oh, yes, you do. No, I don't know. Phyllis and I are in love. And if we say anything at any given time that one of us is offended at or we don't like, all we have to do is say, you know, I didn't like that today. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, honey. Then it's never said again. But love gives liberty. Love doesn't expect you to live in a box. Love expects you to be you. Amen? Love doesn't say, you become what I need you to be. No, love becomes what you need to be. But it's never demanded for them to become that. Hallelujah. Stay on your feet. Let's go home. Hallelujah. Since Phyllis started all this, real nice lady. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless the people. Watch them as they travel, God. Give them travel mercies. Let them all get home safe, God. Hallelujah. And God, have the schools canceled that we can spend time with our grandchildren tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.